From the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, starting in verse 35. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him, to Jesus, and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized, but... To sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Thanks be to God for that good word. There's a little more coming later on. In the plateau of western Kentucky, there is a small town plopped right in the middle of cornfields and cow pastures. And when I was five years old, my mom and my dad threw uh, us four kids and all of our stuff into a moving truck and moved us there to Bowling Green, Kentucky into a brand new house in a new developing neighborhood. And right in, in our backyard, it was met by this big wild field of wild untended grass. Um, and that grass was... Uh, four or five feet tall. And late that first summer, uh, some other boys in the neighborhood and myself decided we wanted to play a game of army. But we needed some weapons. And so, uh, we looked around, we saw that field of grass, and uh, we decided we could somehow turn those uh, uh, weeds into something useful for, for war. So I grabbed hold of a, a stalk of, of grass close to the ground, and I began to pull hard on that grass, and as I did, my finger just slipped right up the, the stalk, and I felt this electrifying pain in my left pointer finger. And I looked at my finger, and I, I saw just the blood begin to just ooze out, and I took a big deep breath, and I started to scream. And uh, our, our, our game of army was over before the battle could even begin. So I have a puzzle for you this morning, and we're going to piece it together right now. What if James and John, these are the guys that in the, in the Bible story that we just read, were actually cousins with Jesus? Okay, so follow me. James and John are sons to a man named Zebedee, as the Scripture we just read says. And Zebedee owns a fishing business. Who was their mom? Well, the Gospel of Matthew records that James and John's mom was with Mary Magdalene and with Jesus' mom, Mary. I'm just going to call her Jesus' mom so we don't have too many Marys. Uh, was with Mary Magdalene and with Jesus' mom uh, watching the crucifixion. And when the Gospel of Mark records the exact same story in the exact same moment, 
Mark provides her name. He's, he calls her Salome. It's a kind of a, a rendering of Shalom, the, the Jewish word for Shalom. It's a name. And Mark says that these three women had all along been caring for Jesus and the disciples in their tra travels. This was a very typical thing during this time. Uh, wealthy women would uh, follow these uh, inspiring teachers. They would patronize them. They would pay for their bills, this kind of stuff. And then when the Gospel of John records the exact same story, the exact same moment, John says it was Mary Magdalene, Jesus' mother, and her sister who were there at the cross. So John says that this third woman at the, at the cross is Mary's sister. So she is Jesus' aunt. And Mark says her name is Salome. And Matthew says that she is the mother of James and John. So if you put all those pieces together, James and John are cousins with Jesus. Just like John the Baptist. And all of this brings us back to rereading our story for today. Jesus' cousins came to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Now, Bible scholars tell us that Zebedee, their daddy, was probably somewhat rich. The Bible tells us that Zebedee owned fishing boats and that he had fishermen who worked for him and that his wife and his two sons could afford to stop working and scoot around the country with an inspiring messianic figure who, in their minds, just as in the minds of most Jews of that time, was going to be the anointed one. The one who would overthrow the occupying Roman army and instill God's kingdom of Israel back to its rightful place. And this Jesus, okay, who is the great-great-grandson of King David, if you'll remember, would assume its throne, and Jesus would be in charge, and Jesus would be calling the shots, and Jesus would be doling out those high-paying government jobs. And guess what? Salome, their mama, is traveling along with Jesus, James, and John everywhere they go. And every time they pull into a rest stop in Cana or Jericho or Caesarea, and Jesus wants to buy a snack or Jesus wants to refuel his donkey, guess who's pulling out her purse and wagging her head and paying for all of this? Salome, Zebedee, James, and John. And now it's time for Jesus to return the favor to those rich cousins of His. I hope that right now your assessment of James and John has gone down just a little bit. It kind of burns me up, actually. Zebedee and Salome and James and John saw maybe a good business opportunity with their cousin Jesus, and they took it. Maybe that's part of what's going on there. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. That strikes a nerve for me. 
It reminds me of seeing rich and well-connected people get away with a lot of stuff in this world. Uh, this reminds me of people uh, who are privileged with, with the right connections with their family or the right amount of money get away with things that other people can't get away with. Acquire things they didn't actually truly earn. Can you believe the audacity of someone walking up to their cousin and saying, I want you to do for me whatever I ask you to do? They've been important in their hometown, and now they want to be important on the national stage. James and John want to feel more and more important, and they're willing to elbow their way into it. So I find it pretty gratifying what Jesus says to these two privileged young men. I'm sorry, those seats have been reserved for somebody else. James and John were fine with Jesus. They were fine with religion. I'm sure they dutifully attended synagogue every Saturday. Obviously, they followed this guy around all over the country. But when it really came down to it, their identity and their purpose was still about themselves. James and John still functioned in the mindset that life is one long trajectory. Trajectory. Try and say that word, you know, ten times real fast in front of a bunch of people. Um, of getting to the top. I'm not sure they were admitting this out loud to themselves or to anyone else. But look at their actions right here. Their actual behavior. At first, they're just fishing for daddy, but ultimately, they want the big house in the big city with people doing their chores for them. James and John want to be important people. They wanted to be people who stood tall in a crowd. Standing tall is when you're proud and you're confident of who you are in this world. When you stand tall, you, you kind of feel like you're in charge. You kind of feel like maybe people look up to you. James and John wanted to grow taller and they felt like they could get that with all this money they had been investing in this Messiah. You probably won't be shocked to learn that the other ten disciples were pretty angry about all of this. The way that James and John manipulate their privilege to put themselves over everyone else. Jesus, what do you do when you see other people throwing their weight around, trying to become more important. What should followers of Jesus do when they see people misbehaving in order to feel more important? So now we're going to continue this story in Mark's Gospel, okay? And I'll show you exactly where Jesus is going with all of this. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them. And their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you, to become important among you, must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be a slave for all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. 
but it is not so among you. It is not so among you. Because God wired it into your body and your brain and your heart the desire to live a life of purpose and significance and meaning. Just like James and John, you and I want to feel important too. God made us to be like that. You want to feel like your life matters. You want to feel like if you died tomorrow, someone would notice. And those feelings you have inside of you, the desire to be noticed, the desire to be significant, if you lack the imagination to see a better way, if no one ever tells you God's good news for your life, you will very easily slip into the same mindset that James and John possess. You will begin to believe the story that things like materialism or popularity or being right about stuff or whatever, that will make you important. And without even noticing it, you will begin to leverage whatever privileges life has handed you in order to gain some shallow sense of importance in your life. So Jesus is warning you and me right now. It is not so among you. Don't be like that, Jesus is saying. It can be very easy to fail to see that we are doing the same thing in our life. The subtle ways we begin to believe the story, that significance and meaning and purpose come to us through materialism or power, prestige, or landing a great job or whatever. So listen to the alternative vision that Jesus has for your life. This is what Jesus is telling you. If you wish to become important amongst others, you must become a servant to them. You have to be like the Son of Man, Jesus says. You have to give your whole life away as a ransom for many. You know what a ransom is? A ransom is a price you pay to set someone free from prison. And uh, Jesus gave His life, His actions, His teaching, even His death, to set us all free from the spiritual prison of thinking that prosperity and popularity and all this stuff can offer us meaning and significance in life. Jesus has good news for you. And it will set you free from the prison that most people are living in. This is the good news. You can grow taller if you will choose to be the medicine. You will grow taller if you will choose to be the medicine. What does it mean to be the medicine? I haven't actually even mentioned that yet. So let me give you a story to illustrate. When I was five years old, I was trying to pull a stalk of grass out of the ground, cut my finger wide open. Uh, my neighbor, Julie Anderson, was watching us kids at the time. She, I, remember, I vividly remember her hauling me into the kitchen and throwing that thing under some cold water in the kitchen to see how deep the wound was. And my mom came home, and she took me to a nearby clinic. And I sat down with the doctor, and he put six 
stitches in my pointer finger. And these were the kinds of stitches that you don't go back to the doctor later on and they pull out. These were the kinds of stitches that after they have closed the wound, they slowly dissolve into your body and disappear. Okay? But I will be 35 years old this month. And the scar is still on my finger. If you look at my finger, and if you'll give me 50 cents after church, I'll let you look at it real close. <laughs> there is the very visible print of six stitches in a line. Because it was the wound that cut me open, but it was the medicine that left the mark. And the same thing can be true for your life. If you will be the medicine, you will be the thing that leaves the mark. You will be the thing that leaves a lasting impression on people for the rest of their life. Everyone around you, everyone is carrying wounds and traumas and anxieties and burdens. The children in our schools and in our neighborhoods are. The elderly behind closed doors are. The person down the hall in your office who is lost and unsure. Wounds and traumas and burdens and anxieties. This is true. But the good news of the Gospel is that all these terrible things that happen to people in this world, it doesn't have to be the final word. That doesn't have to be the scar that defines the rest of someone's life. If you will be the medicine, you will be the thing that will leave the mark. You are the medicine when you serve others, when you care for other people. You are the medicine when you sacrifice your time and your treasure and your attention in order to love others who are in need. You are the medicine when you put in the extra effort to show gratitude to common people. You are the medicine when you fight to make the world more fair, more just, more free for everyone who is living in it. You are the medicine when you put in the extra effort to include someone who is alone. You are the medicine when you are intentional to celebrate children and teenagers that nobody else is celebrating. You are the, medic the medicine when you buy less things for yourself and you invest more into God's work of redemption in this world. You are the medicine when you actually listen to people instead of tuning them out. You are the medicine when you take care of God's creation, knowing that my kids, all of our children, are depending on you to leave them with a good planet to live on. You are the medicine when you call people on the phone just to say hello. You are the medicine when you will hold hands and pray with someone who has been cut open and is bleeding. In the wisdom of Jesus, this is how you grow taller. This is God's good news about how you can be important. If other people want to pull their weight and leverage their privilege and buy more stuff and blow more money and take care of themselves and their family and that's it, then so be it. Then so be it. Let it not be so among you. 
You can grow taller if you choose to be the medicine 